Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch new episodes of Grey's Anatomy Thursdays at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing. Now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of The Reality Is. Why are you laughing? I don't know. It's just the the voice, the professional introduction. What is that? <laughs> what do you mean? What is it? It's the beginning of the episode. That's not how you talk. You Jersey I know. trash. I know. It's my customer service voice. Oh. Anyway, welcome back to another another episode of the reality is as always. It's Noor, and I'm here with my brother Raheel to talk about what happened this week in pop culture and other things. Listen, before we get started, Raheel, mm-hmm. I have been getting a lot of reviews, and I wanted to read you one. Please. Great variety. Thank you for the variety of topics you all cover on this podcast. I love the guest rotation and your brother, Raheel. I look forward uh, to each new episode. How do you feel about it's very that? very nice. That's very nice for our mom to post that on your review page. <laughs> for our mom to post that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, here's another one. This one I had already sent you, but I just think it's so funny. It's it's just very it's very to the point. Real good, period. Funny brother, period. Good laugh, period. More please. That's awesome. I, I love, love that. that. Thank yeah. you. All right. Thanks for reading and reviewing us, guys. I appreciate it. Sometimes I read it and it makes me happy, and other times I read it and it makes me want to kill myself. Now, is it just the positive ones or like the negative ones that make you want to kill yourself? Or is it the fact that somebody's actually listening that makes you want to kill yourself? By the when way, we shouldn't, be, we shouldn't say kill nice. yourself. Huh? We shouldn't say kill yourself so flagrantly. I know. We really shouldn't. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I sometimes feel like I can like be fast and loose with it because, you know, of my diagnosis. But I feel like it's probably even worse, the fact that. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> I have an official diagnosis on that. Um, but uh, no, I think that sometimes when people are really, really nice, it makes me feel unworthy and um, makes me feel like uh, I owe them more than they're getting. Like 
they're not actually like getting what they think they're getting. Like I feel like I'm uh-huh. pulling the sheep's wool over their eyes, you know? <laughs> I feel like I'm duping that? people when people are nice to me. I'm like, are you sure about that? <laughs> <laughs> me? Um, yeah, I know that feeling. Yeah. All right. Anyway, um, have a bunch of topics to discuss today. And I wanted to start with an update on Lizzo. Have you oh, been keeping track? I have not. Okay. Um, last we left off, I, I believe she is now, like, there's no gray area anymore, right? Like, Lizzo, bad person. Is that where well, we're at? I, you know what, Real? I don't know about that. <laughs> oh, okay. I don't know. Okay. okay. So uh, since the, here's the sequence of things that happened. Okay. First, um, obviously all this stuff came out about, um, about Lizzo. And then I believe that she had made a, like a statement about, about um, mm-hmm. the accusations on her Instagram. People weren't really moved by it. She said it was so crazy that it was like ridiculous for her to not address it. Right. Yeah. So we're like, mm, I don't know, I don't know. Then Lizzo got a lawyer. And do you know who her lawyer is? Oh, no. Who is it? Her lawyer is Marty Singer. And his clientele, his clientele ranges from a variety of stars, including Bill Cosby, oh, Johnny no. Depp, no. Charlie Sheen, Chris oh. Brown, Brett Ratner, and currently Jonah Hill. <laughs> so we're oh, like, no. oh, no, Lizzo, what is this? But then the girls who are the women that are accusing her, um, the backup dancers, mm-hmm. they made a mistake. They went on the TMZ. Oh, no. So they went on the TMZ and they talked about their case, right? And <clears throat> while some of the things for sure, like, you know, hostile work environment, crazy um, uh, practices, not giving them breaks, all that kind of stuff, Yes. Um, being fired for gaining weight, yes. You know, being harassed about your sexuality, sure. But a lot of the stuff that the dancers talked about on TMZ were more like, and, and this is why I wanted to discuss it. It's more like the, you know, the the pressure that we often feel when we are working in our twenties. Like, mm-hmm. literally, what I just said right now about like how. When somebody is kind to me, I feel like I have to perform even harder rather than just being like, oh, they're being kind to me for what I am presenting. I don't have to keep striving for more. And it's not exactly what the women said, but they were basically saying that when Lizzo would go out, like one of the things this is, by the way, I'm going to Amsterdam and the place where she went, I have to find the name of it. The place where she went, where they this where you eat bananas out of the sex workers' vaginas. Now, Hold is on. that all? I'm sorry, is that always on the menu, or was that a special for Lizzo because she's a celebrity? <laughs> the place is called Banana and Bar, so I think it's always on the menu. <laughs> I shudder to uh, think what the bar means. <laughs> Where's the bar coming? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so the, the the dancers are saying that because she is, um, because you know she would do these things, and she would she was like they, they said these weren't mandatory outings, but people who went to these outings were treated better. And so you got sort of 
you know, a, a close, once you got closer to the boss, you sort of get mm -hmm. to, you know, reap the benefits of, of that. Um, and I wanted to ask what you think about that because it's so hard to litigate feelings, right? Like it's so hard to litigate how somebody felt because while they don't have actual proof that Lizzo excluded them from things or whatever, but like, is it wrong when you go to all the happy hours? I mean, yes, it is. What do I even say? If you're somebody who's at work and everybody's performing at work the exact same, but you, there's somebody who goes to all the happy hours with the boss and then that person gets a bunch of promotions, that's obviously fucked up. Like, that's not fair. You can't like, but at the same time, that's a very common thing that happens, right? Like when you're in your in your work, like your first jobs, like I think everybody who ever had their like first corporate job, like we all went to way too many fucking parties with our coworkers because when you first start working, your boss is like, oh, you're young. This is your work family, your family. And then you yeah. go out with them all the time. Like I was thinking about like how in my job in my 20s before I even had kids, I believe. Yeah. Before I had kids, I remember one time I, I used to work in the city and I had uh, our big client was in Philly and actually NBCU and um, <laughs> parent company of Bravo. Okay. And I remember being at work and my boss and the CFO were like, because this is a small company. They were like, well, we're all going to go to Philly for the big meeting tomorrow. So rather than taking the train, why don't we just have dinner at the office and then we'll just drive down to Philly? Great. Mm -hmm. Fine. Easy peasy. We didn't end up leaving New York City until 10 fucking 30. And then my boss at the time like stopped on the way at like a Target to like pick stuff up. So we didn't get to our like hotel. toiletries? I don't know. We didn't <laughs> get to our hotel until 2 a.m. 2 a.m. Yeah, then that's bullshit. He's like, okay, well, I'll see you uh, in the lobby at 7.30. I was like, 7 7.30? Are you crazy? <laughs> and I did. I showed up, right? Because I was like, what the fuck else? I don't have any other choice, right? Like, I have to be there. But, I, but like, it was this thing where once I had kids and I couldn't do that kind of stuff anymore and I couldn't be around 24-7, you definitely felt like you would take a hit professionally. Like, that is a very common thing that happens. And I'm not saying that's okay. But I think it's – I think – I think that a lot of the stuff that we're hearing about Lizzo, like I think we, you and I both mentioned it last week, like I don't think that it's it's stuff that I don't – I imagine every artist is kind of uh, yeah. you know, running a really tight ship. And I and like you and I both said that in order for Lizzo, a woman who looks like her, to be where she is, she has to work a lot harder than most other people. So like for her to be like having these extremely high standards, then that makes sense. Um, the banana and bar stuff is wild. But yeah, so that's the thing, right? I mean, if it's not mandatory, I'm like, mm, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like the high stakes stuff makes sense. Obviously, mm -hmm. you want to be, you're going to see the world if you get on this tour, right? If you get this job. So, of yeah. course, it's it should be hard, right? But the other stuff, well, I mean, again, it is fucked up, but it is how basically every office works, how every job works. You know yeah. what I mean? And like, if your boss likes you like that, sh I, I, I mean, I don't know. It's obviously on paper. It is completely wrong. But then it, there's also a question of like, well, if you get along with the boss, 
then you are kind of adding to the work environment, maybe. Like maybe yeah. you're like a good hang or whatever, which again, that shouldn't go into like, you know, your job performance or whatever. But in the real world, it does. Right. Yeah. So I don't know, man. I mean, listen, that part is one thing. The main stuff that she's been accused of, that is still fucked up. Right? Yeah, it is. So I, I, you know, so I think it all nets out to pretty negative for Lizzo, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, speaking of hostile work environment, oh, actually on that topic, I did want to say that this kind of like got swept under the radar, but you know, Kelly Clarkson has a, or had a talk show for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Apparently all these writers from the Kelly Clarkson show came out, all these people that worked on her production team or on the show said that her work environment for working at her talk show was one of the worst places that many people had ever worked. And she said the production team that was like, they said that the production team that was running the Kelly Clarkson show were like absolute fucking monsters. And then Kelly Clarkson came out and said, I had no idea. That they, and then nobody said Kelly Clarkson was a monster, but they said the people running the show were monsters. And and I'm bringing that up because I do wonder, like, obviously Lizzo is named in this lawsuit. So it's a little bit different. But like, you know, people, there's a lot of people that probably work under Lizzo. And I wonder if a lot of it was like issues with the people who work under Lizzo, not necessarily directly with Lizzo, like not necessarily directly issues against Lizzo. I don't know. Maybe I'm just being too nice because I I I don't want it to be true. But at the same time, listen, I'm not mad at her for getting those lawyers. Like, listen, if all those (laughs) fucked up white dudes and Bill Cosby get to (laughs) who's a fucked up black dude, but all those fucked up dudes get to get that representation and look at them run around the world scot-free mostly i would be like yeah get me the lawyers for the bad white guys i want those lawyers to defend me you know what i mean yeah in the court of public opinion then you are kind of you know shooting yourself in the leg right or yeah sure in- sure yeah so, but i, I mean, wonder if like, what if she-, if she doesn't care is there going to be a case i guess there's going to be a case right there's going to be a lawsuit there's a mm-hmm. lawsuit mm-hmm that's what she's going for hey right, listen man if that helps you win the lawsuit go for it i guess i don't know how much easier it would just be just to pay people off or whatever i don't know how much this lawsuit is for but then that's also an admission of guilt yeah i don't know, I don't know. like do you see a way so let's say if lizzo comes out the winner of the lawsuit mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. does she recover uh yeah i think she'll be fine i think so too you know, yeah. who's uh, like Taylor Swift? Remember when Taylor Swift, everyone was like, oh, Taylor Swift is done. Oh, I don't remember that. When was that? Remember after Kim Kardashian released the video of her giving approval for Kanye to do that? Yeah, song? yeah. And everyone yeah. was like, Taylor Swift is done. She's a liar, blah, 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 blah. And then she had a comeback and now she's bigger than ever. Yeah. This is compared, being compared to Beatlemania. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But then again, Taylor Swift is also a young a woman. white lady. Yeah. Yes. So. Well, speaking of hostile work environments, <laughs> people are striking. Yes. It's uh somebody called it hot labor summer. <laughs> because first of all, I wanted to ask you, do you support unions? Of course I support unions. As a proud democrat, of course I support unions. <laughs> very, very are important. you a laborman? Yeah. <laughs> Also, Bruce is a big union guy. I know. He, he's he's a real union. He's yeah, a blue collar, he, blue jeans union man. Yeah. He talks about the factory man. And it's like, you know. 
Is that what Billy Joel was also singing about? In what song? I don't know. Allentown? Piano Man? <laughs> They're living here in Allentown. Uh, all the factories are closing down. Yeah. Yeah. Just factories. <laughs> <laughs> Just factories. <laughs> anyway. Um, so speaking of unions... And related to my most, uh, my biggest interest, Bravo, Bravo Television. Yeah. You wanted to talk about this. Yeah. So, Bravo Television recently was not slammed with a lawsuit, but threatened with a lawsuit led by oh. none other than Bethany Skinny Girl Margarita Frankel. Oh, get out of here. You know that that's who actually came up with the lawsuit? Okay. Yeah, so, I did see that. So essentially, let let me actually just pop open that deadline um, article. Bethany is, uh, if you haven't heard it, I don't know where you've been, but um, Beth has, <laughs> Beth uh, got her lawyers to um, come out with a lawsuit against NBC Universal, um, and it's uh, it's really hilariously worded. Please be advised that the day of reckoning has arrived. That's what the lawsuit says, or the statement. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. What is, is that's this, how it starts? You said it's a threat of a lawsuit. Okay. Yeah, it's a threat of a lawsuit. Um, it's it's sent to the NBCU top in-house uh, lawyer Kimberly Harris, and it's from attorney Brian Feedman in conjunction with lawyer Mark Gregoros Gregos, and um, they are Bethany's lawyers. Um, but yeah, it starts with "Please be advised, the day of reckoning has arrived." They were just watching Batman. Um, and it says um, a significant number of uh, that this this um, these folks are representing a significant number of individuals from um, unscripted spaces, and um, they are blasting NBCU for alleged grotesque and depraved mistreatment of reality stars and crew members. Um, they pound the drum even harder with affirmations that the sordid, quote, sordid and dark underbelly of NBC's widely consumed reality TV universe has remained under wraps for far too long. Um, and essentially what they are suing them or saying that they're going to sue them for is uh, deliberate attempts of to manufacture mental instability by applying cast members with alcohol while depriving them of food and sleep, denying mental health treatment to cast members, displaying obvious and alarming signs of mental deterioration exploiting minors for uncompensated and sometimes long-term TV appearances, uh, distributing and or condoning the distribution of non-consensual pornography, covering up acts of sexual violence, and refusing to allow cast members the freedom to leave their shows even under dire circumstances. So here's the thing. Um, actually, what, are your, what were your thoughts about it when you saw that initially as a reality TV um, hater or maker funner of her? Not a hater, right? I don't find it interesting anymore because I find it fake, right? Um, there's two things. That, first, when I, like, again, I saw the headlines and I was like, depraved, pornographic. What the hell happened over here, right? The thing that I, like, I can't get on board with reality TV stars complaining about work environments because I think I don't know if I respect reality TV stars. Like, I don't understand what the skill there is, right? Like, so, like, SAG is also striking right now. But those are sure. actors. I see there is a skill there. There is something that you do, right? I'm sure reality TV stars, there's, like, 
you can probably talk very intelligently about like what makes a good reality TV star and what makes a bad reality TV star, right? But at the core of it, to me, there's still just like, you know, there's, I don't know if it's narcissism or what it is where a person says, you know what, the world deserves to follow me around just the way that I am, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's like, okay, so that that's what you are selling. Like, I don't know what the skill there is. And then especially somebody like, Bethany I think that's the thing that really stood out to me is and I think you mentioned it too like okay yes the work environment I'm sure was poor I'm sure it wasn't like it's not like it's like you were working in a sneaker factory in China or anything you know what I mean I'm sure whatever however tough it was but you also got to build a brand out of it like do you really think that your skinny girl margaritas would have been a thing if you weren't on reality tv yeah and my recollection of Bethany especially is somebody that recognized that somebody that recognized that, okay, I'm on reality TV right now. I have influence. I'm going to suck this thing dry for all it's worth. Right. Yep. So for her to like 15 years in be complaining about it, it seems off. It seems like another one of those things where like Bethany Frankel, anytime she's in the news, it's because she's like latching on to like some yeah. other news. Right. So like yeah. she's attacking Meghan Markle or whatever. So that's what that's what I feel about it. Um, obviously, you don't ever want a work environment where people are distressed or there's pressure. And I'm sure there's a lot of pressure just being a reality TV star. But again, it's voluntary. Yeah, all of it is voluntary. So that's where they lose me. So <clears throat> the Bravo docket, which is like an amazing podcast, um, they are lawyers and they actually read through they had gotten hands on somebody's contract, like a, a reality TV contract. And they were like, you have to be absolutely insane to sign one of these. Like the stuff that you are signing off when you sign off at a a contract for a reality TV show, you are signing away all the things that they're saying, like manipulation of people and their character and all these things. You're you're signing off on that. Certainly the things that they're saying about not feeding casts and – not allowing them to like not allowing them to eat, pumping them up with alcohol, not allow not allowing people to get um, mental health care when they obviously need it, stuff like that. I'm sure that I definitely think that there's truth to it because in the 2000s, we were seeing reality TV shows do that like on camera. Like that, there was yeah, that was a yeah point like of the, the real world. Every single thing that was ever on VH1, like the surreal life and the rock of loves and the flavor of loves, all those shows, they were like sure. blatantly doing these things to create, show, you know, reality TV stuff, like to create content. I think that it still happens. They probably just like do it in the background now. Um, so I definitely think that there's some truth there. I think you're absolutely right. Where it bothers me is that's like Bethany leading, leading the charge. And the thing is, I don't trust Bethany's intentions here. Bethany's not doing this because she gives a shit about these people. Bethany is doing it because she has sucked out of reality TV everything that she thinks she can get out of it. And now exactly. other people are wanting to get in on it. And she's like, no, I'm not going to allow that. And I'm going to fuck over Bravo as much as possible. The other thing Bethany has said that she wants to start is a reality TV show reunion. And the reason for this is similar reasons as like the actors are, and the writers are saying, right? Which is that reality TV stars don't get residuals. You get paid pennies for being on the show. Then you get to like launch your platform as just being a public persona. And nowadays mm-hmm. it's, you know, going on Instagram or whatever and selling teeth whitening coupon codes or whatever and having millions of followers. And then 
after that, you have to build everything on your own. And the thing with Bravo, I do know, is that once you're on Bravo and if you like, let's say, start a podcast, Bravo is allowed to take money from your podcast because you launched it while you were on a TV show. So but, like, yeah, that doesn't seem fair. But like again, Bethany was the first. So basically, basically Bethany, they didn't have this in place when Bethany was making Skinny Girl. And after Bethany got really rich, what Bravo said is anybody who comes on a TV show and and gets to like hawk their wares on our show, we get a cut of their profits um, because they got to use our platform to sell this stuff, yeah. right? Um, but anyway, Bra- Bravo doesn't pay any residuals in streaming, right? So all these – during the pandemic especially, all these shows, The Housewives got like a ton of view- – ton more viewers – Vanderpump Rules recently got like a huge boost because of Scandal. They didn't get paid for those streams. They didn't get paid for those extra views. So Bethany is saying that there should be a union of some sort that like allows for some sort of like compensation to come towards to the reality TV. But she could you imagine her being the union rep? <laughs> this lunatic. Yeah. And also like again so you have all these people in a union, right? Let's say you got all your big reality TV stars in a union. And then Bravo says, fuck you, we're not dealing with the union. How many people would gladly switch places with the people that don't want to be part of Bravo? You know what I mean? And again, that's where the reality TV thing doesn't make sense to me because it's not like it's a skill. To me, yeah. it's not a skill, right? So yeah. I don't know. Reality TV, if the reality TV union went on strike, it would be scabs all over the place. All Everybody over. would yeah. be a scab. Literally yeah. every half of it, most of Instagram, all these mommy bloggers, they'd be dying to get on of there. Of course. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right. Um, Anyway, um, speaking of hostile work environments. (laughs) We got a theme this week. Yeah. Keeping it going. Um, Did you see what happened to that gentleman who was just trying to do his job in uh, Montgomery, Alabama? Of course I saw it. How could you well, not have seen it at this point? One of more the great- people have seen that video than have seen the moon landing. <laughs> As they should. As they should. Yeah, it is more. It is a more important uh, piece of film. If you've been living under a rock this weekend, a gentleman working, um, a black gentleman working, doing his job as security guard. Uh, was, you know, running the docks at uh, Montgomery, Alabama. And like, I don't know, I guess some sort of a pond, river, creek. I don't know. Um, and uh, a pontoon boat full of drunk white people started to fight with this man. Yeah. And one of the, in an incredible, like, show of solidarity. I don't know what to call it. Brotherhood. Just like one of the most yeah. incredible it's not even brotherhood it's the right thing to do the right thing happened there yeah this man flipped his hat up in the air (laughs) it's the best he he, so he starts to get jumped by a bunch of white people and then 
I mean, it, everybody keeps comparing it to Endgame and Avengers <laughs> when all of the portals start opening up and everybody keeps yeah. coming out. There's a man who swam. People are jump off their boats. They swim across the water. They defended this man and they pulled up and they really wrecked the shit out of these white people. <laughs> One man got the shit beat out of him so bad that his feet went through his Crocs. <laughs> <laughs> I yes. wanted to ask you, Raheel. Whose side was I on? Huh? No. <laughs> no. Do you think people would come to your defense like that? So if I'm a security, so that's the part that I want to make sure is emphasized because it keeps getting lost in this black and white thing. Yeah. Um, but like the main point is the guy was just doing his job. Just and doing those, his fucking job. Yeah. And those people were being assholes, right? Yes. First of all, they gave him shit for him doing his job. And then four of those motherfuckers jumped him at the yeah. same time, right? And, like, the first guy jumped him, and then, like, three other people came or whatever, right? So, you know, of course, I, I think anytime you see some bullshit like that where a guy gets attacked regardless of what race he is, um, the right thing to do there is to try to help that guy out, right? Um, now, the hat flip is what made it cinematic, is what made it amazing, Incredible. And then, since then, like, just the stuff that's been online is amazing. Like, all the names for that swimming guy. I think that's my highlight of 2023. <laughs> what was it? Doc Rivers? <laughs> Doc Rivers. With just a K at the end. <laughs> instead of D-O-C. <laughs> that would kill me. That's so good. Uh uh, good job. You're winning, Montgomery, Alabama. You killed it. Yeah. Um, now, of course, yeah. you don't like to see all of the violence, right? Like, so there's a lot of people that got caught up you in do. the violence. So some women got clocked in the head with chairs. A, and that guy, and that gentleman that did the clocking with the chair got arrested, uh, got arrested as he should. That's yeah, sure. right. Yeah. You don't go bonky bonky on the white <laughs> <lady. Come> on. <laughs> Bonked people in the head with chairs. <laughs> yeah. Like the undertaker. Um, <laughs> And so that's wrong, obviously. But I think the general vibe, I think, and that's the other reason why I think the video is so, but I think everyone, for the most part, all the good people in the world kind of understand what's going on. And then all the reenactments have also kind of filled my heart with joy because there's like a, a lot of like fun having white people that are involved in the in <laughs> reenactments. So like, yeah, something bad happened that was like race related, but then something good also happened that was race related because all these people are coming together and just having a good laugh. Yeah. I do not like it was, that. It was amazing. Um, that was really fun. But did you see what happened to Jamie Foxx this weekend? What? No. What happened to Jamie Foxx? Oh, my God. You haven't been keeping up? No. Oh, what kind boy. of transition is that? Oh, boy. All right. Well, here's the thing. I'm going to read you a Instagram post that he posted. And you tell me initially first what you think, right? He put okay, so as you know, Jamie Foxx was like near death for like the yeah. last few months, right? Like Very nobody mysterious. knew he was going to survive. Yeah. He was really sick. Nope. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then he posted this. You know, he was just posting a what I call a vague book or a subtweet where somebody tweets something, and you're like, "What is this about? Is this about your personal life, Jamie? What's going on?" So he said in all caps, "They killed this dude named Jesus. What do you think they'll do to you?" Hashtag fake friends. Hashtag fake love. Oh no, Jamie. So when that's you see it, that, a, yeah. What do you think initially? 
I think it's some uh, industry bullshit, um, especially because it's an actor, right? Uh-huh. Like, I don't think it's anything real. I think somebody probably got a part while Jamie was in his coma or whatever, or somebody took his part. That would be my first guess. Mm. So when you say some industry bullshit, what yeah. do you think that means? I mean, you know, that, you know, he while he was in a coma, somebody went out and maybe got a part or maybe cut him out of something because they were worried that he might not make it health wise and uh-huh. they moved ahead with it. That's okay. what I'm thinking. So this post was liked by Jennifer Aniston. <laughs> then a group called A Wider Frame posted something and it said after they, they screenshotted that post and, and said actor Jamie Foxx posts horrifically anti-Semitic message to his 16.7 million followers. Then Wait, what? Yeah, uh-huh. then Jennifer Aniston posts that post on her stories and says, this really makes me sick. I did not like this post on purpose or by accident. And more importantly, I want to be clear to my friends and anyone hurt by this showing up on their feeds. I do not support any form of anti-Semitism and I truly don't tolerate hate of any kind, period. Wait, so hold on. The they killed Jesus, the, the they and they killed Jesus, people think he's talking about the jews yes oh my god so okay so but i think okay okay so hold on because i think this is i think we need to preface the fact that we are neither black nor jewish so no nor are we jennifer aniston (laughs) (laughs) the three different category of people (laughs) we're not black we're not jewish we don't have jennifer aniston's hair we're not we're not rachel from friends we're not rachel green okay We are not on a break with Ross, okay? (laughs) We don't. We're not any of those people. So then Jamie Foxx deleted the post and said, I want to apologize to the Jewish community and everyone who was offended by my post. I now know my choice of words have caused offense, and I'm sorry. That was never my intent to clarify. I was betrayed by a fake friend, and that's what I meant with they, not anything more. I only have love in my heart for everyone. I love and support the Jewish community. My deepest apologies to anyone who was offended. Heart emoji, heart emoji, heart emoji. Nothing but love always, Jamie Foxx. Heart emoji, fox emoji, prayer hands emoji. <laughs> now, okay, so this sort of escalated over the weekend because um, when I read that initial post, right, the yeah. they, whatever, I want to say this. First of all, I didn't even see the post until – it started circulating that he had posted a that he had apologized for a, an anti-Semitic statement. So okay. initially, when I had that in my head of this is an anti-Semitic statement, and I saw that they killed Jesus, I was like, "Oh no, what did he do?" Right? <laughs> because like your head goes there. But yeah. the thing is, black people don't say Jews killed Jesus. Like I don't know, I don't know if they do or they don't. Yeah, that's like a that's like a really white supremacist thing like mm-hmm. in islam we don't believe that either like the whole thing is it's about judas like judas is obviously yeah. what they're talking about in that when they say they right yeah. and it like started this whole thing which was that like really this got escalated because jennifer aniston it wasn't just that like this smaller organization which is has its own issues. It's like a very right-wing organization, very anti-Palestinian, like very problematic organization, right? Okay. 
they are the ones that posted this saying that you sent this anti-Semitic message to your 13 for whatever, your millions of followers. But then Jennifer Aniston doubled on it by then sharing that to her millions of followers. And I feel like I'm like, this was an escalation, was it not? Yeah, of course. But then again, like, you don't know who what Jennifer Aniston's hearing. Like, all this stuff is crazy. All these people are, like, so shielded from, like, reality, I guess. Like, yeah. Like, do you think Jennifer Aniston posted either one of those things? Doesn't she probably have, like, a team that manages her social media? I don't know. I don't even know. Yeah, I have no idea. I do know that Courtney Cox's Instagram is amazing, unrelated. But <laughs> but she's not involved here. Yeah. But I think he, here's the thing. I will say this, that once it picked up that by this other organization that this is an anti-Semitic statement, then people started like adding on to the anti-Semitism. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, it wasn't his intention to be anti-Semitic, but then once you blame somebody of anti-Semitism, anti-Semites come out in support of the person that you have blamed yeah. of anti-Semitism, despite them mm-hmm. not being anti-Semitic. Does yeah. that make sense? It does. No, that's yeah. just how, that's a pylon then. Right? It's people a pylon. Are always, people are just always looking for an opportunity. Yeah. Also, I think that what happens when this stuff happens, when like you pit two marginalized groups of people against each other, is that you take away the fact that there are black Jews in this world. Yeah. Yeah. And now it didn't like I did not think it was anti-Semitic at all because I didn't you know, I didn't have any uh, any knowledge of this thing. Um, And because he mentioned the fake friend in there. Yeah. In his original post. Right. And I mean, I hate all my friends. They're all snakes. (laughs) (laughs) So I identified with that. Um, But I, I don't know. man. It just. What should what could have gone different there? Just Jennifer I, Aniston, I think, just leave it alone. Yeah, I think Jennifer Aniston should have left it alone. Yeah, or said that that's not what I was liking. Obviously, yeah. Or maybe she should have talked to Jamie Fox. How does Jennifer Aniston know Jamie Fox? Remember when Jamie Fox? Horrible bosses. Yeah. Oh, they were both in horrible bosses. But remember when Jamie Fox was dating Katie Holmes? Yeah. Yeah. So I yeah, feel like, a, I don't know, this, are Katie Holmes T- and Jennifer Aniston friends? There's a TC connection there. All right. We don't have to bring him up. <laughs> By the way, yesterday I watched one of the Missions Impossible. Uh-huh. Which one? Fallout. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. It's I was like, I get it. Right? I get the charm. Yeah. Anyway, um, I have some other stuff to cover. Have you, I know that you haven't gotten to see the Barbie movie yet. Nope. No. Because you're actually waiting to go see Sound of Freedom, right? <laughs> I'm going to buy a ticket to the Barbie. No, I'm going to buy it. Yeah, I'm going to buy a ticket to the Barbie movie and then sneak into Sound of Freedom. <laughs> oh. Well, bad news for you because I know you're really looking forward to seeing that movie. But yeah. did you know that Fabian Marta, a financer of the anti-child trafficking film Sound of Freedom, has been arrested and charged for, say it with no. me. No, Child no, no. trafficking. No. No, is that real? <laughs> uh, you can't make this stuff up. Now, I will say that he was, you know, this this movie was crowdfunded. So he was one of the thousands of patrons 
who crowdfunded this anti-child trafficking movie. Oh, okay. He's not like the producer. Bruce. He's not a producer. Okay. But this man was arrested for child kidnapping. Yeah, I mean, that After happens. He... I mean, you get a big enough pool, you're going to have a few child kidnappers in there, right? <laughs> Go to a party with 10 people. What, what are the statistics? They're bad. The statistics are bad. Don't look that up. Oh, God. Anyway. Would you um, watch the Sounds of Freedom movie? Under would any I watch it? Yeah. No. I would never watch it. Would Jim Caviezel? Fuck that dude. Is Jim Caviezel a good actor? I've only seen him in um, The Passion of the Christ. And I was thinking about that because that was he was really good in it. But then I was like, what was he like? What was a good part of Jim Caviezel's acting? Because all they showed in that movie was just them like beating the shit out of him, right? It was good. I mean, it looked like he got really got hurt. Yeah, he did a good yeah. job. Yeah. What other movies was he in? Was he in Man in the Iron Mask? No, Leonardo DiCaprio. Was no, I know he in was in it, but like, was he in one of those movies? Like, he was in one of those. Uh, Oh no! Oh no! I'm thinking of, is it Eric Bana. I'm thinking about Eric Bana. And the movie you're thinking of is Troy. Yes, correct. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's about two centuries in between those two different in the between those two different movies. By the way. Yeah. Um, right. No, he was in that uh, in that movie with Jennifer Lopez. Did you ever watch that movie? Enough. No, where he goes back in time or something. <laughs> Not enough. <laughs> Made in Manhattan? <laughs> no. Hustlers? Frequency. Oh. I believe it's called. <laughs> Could you imagine Jim Caviezel and Hustlers? That would be amazing. He's <laughs> getting a lap dance. No, He's reciting seen... the Bible at the same time. <laughs> reciting the Bible at the same time. He's not Muslim. He's not reading the Quran. <laughs> you can recite the Bible. They're I don't verses. know. Is that, what some, is that common for Christians you... to do? I'm sure they do. Yeah, you <laughs> recite the verses. All right, fine, sure. Um, I have another really exciting story to share with you. It's regarding two Pakistani TikTokers. Oh. Okay. I want to know what your feelings are about this because this takes a couple of turns, this story. TikTok influencer Mehek Bukhari and mother found guilty of double murder. What? <laughs> okay. Okay. They were convicted over the deaths of Saqib Hussain and Muhammad Hashim Ijazuddin, who died when their car virtually split in two and caught fire after a car chase. And now these two mothers have been, or these two, the mother and daughter, this is a woman and her, her mom, have been, um, have been charged with this. Um, because they were, the, the drivers apparently were deliberately rammed off the road in an ambush after, get this, after one of the guys that died threatened to use a tech sex tape to expose his long running affair with the mother of the influencer. That's a horrible story. <laughs> Wait, so I, they got, uh, like the, the, the blackmailers got run off the road. They got run off the road, yes. By a driver. By a driver, by these two drivers. No, so the mother and daughter were driving? I believe so. Hold on. Let me make sure. I don't know if I got that right. But the mother and driver, yeah, the mother and daughter. So basically, here's what happened. This girl is an influencer. Her mom is often on her Instagram or on her TikTok, 
right? Beautiful young girl does the makeups and the transitions and the dancing and all of that. And allegedly, one of the guys who died, uh, who was 21 years old, had been having an affair with the influencer's mother and had a sex tape. And he was going to expose them and he tried to blackmail them. And apparently... Um, after he tried to blackmail them, they were chased on the road in a car chase, and then they ended up getting into an accident. The drivers got ran off the road, and okay. their car split in two, and the two kids in, in the car died. But the influencer and the mom has been um, charged of the murder. And here's the thing. I'm going to say something controversial. Uh-oh. If you're going to try to blackmail somebody using like a sex tape, uh, I don't know. I What? Just saying be careful. I know. <laughs> like I'm not saying you should die, obviously. Yeah, obviously. But I'm saying like that woman is probably really glad that that kid is dead. It's fucked no, up as it is. The kid was extremely fucked up in what he was doing. I, you don't you don't wish you don't wish death upon somebody like that right but i don't know that i think about the story and my sympathy goes to the women first because you know that's what started this whole thing is the fact that they were being blackmailed and that is yeah. fucked up yeah. that's like the thing that started everything so yeah well uh <laughs> good luck ladies yeah, good luck with your trial. If you need a character witness. <laughs> anyway, um, do you want to talk about the O'Shea Sibley uh, situation? Because there sure. was an update on that. Yes. Yeah. So last week we talked about O'Shea Sibley, a black dancer and activist, a queer dancer and activist, and um, his murder. He was stabbed at a gas station in Brooklyn. And initial reports that came out said that there was a 17-year-old Muslim boy And since then, we have found out now because the 17-year-old was found and charged that he's not a Muslim boy. He is actually a Russian Christian kid. Um, And his lawyer called him a good Christian boy. And I wanted to talk about this, obviously, number one, as a clarification, um, because it wasn't a Muslim kid that did it. But also, I think that there is something really like deeply sad about the fact that like a kid who is wanting to commit a hate crime knows that a story that is going to pick up is like he can he can pretend to be muslim because it almost like i don't know i i think i'm trying to like unpack my feelings about it but it feels like you know that muslims are so hated that you could like say that you're muslim and it almost like people would believe that it would, you know, because Islam is associated with homophobia. I don't know. No. So, I mean, I don't think that that's what happened here. I don't think the kid said that he was Muslim. Um, So, you know, there's a couple of different layers here, right? So what happened is there were a a group of kids that were together. And one of the kids did say that I am Muslim and we don't, we're not okay with this. We don't like this. We don't like this culture or whatever, right? So much so that 
the store owner also said that I am Muslim and I don't want this. I don't like this. Right. So there was like, there's genuine confusion there. When um, Eric Adams talked about this killing, there was uh there was like a group of Muslim leaders standing behind him. And they were talking about how the Muslim community and the LGBTQ community needs to live together. And these aren't the types of things that we'd like to see. Right. So that confusion about that kid being Muslim was very real. Right. Okay. So, you know, that, that is, I don't think that he was trying to, to change. I think what ended up happening was that the kid that actually ended up stabbing this guy uh, is a Christian kid. I don't know if he was hanging out with Muslim kids or whatever, but that initial confusion was genuine. Right. Okay. A couple of different things here. Right. Number one is that this young man that was killed was killed because he was gay. Yeah. Right? He like that. That is explicit that he was killed because he was gay and he was probably killed also because he was black. And I say that yeah. because part of the, one of the reports was that, you know, they were saying anti-black stuff. To him. Oh, and then yeah. also because like just living in this country, you realize that when black people die, people seem to care less, um, unfortunately. Like so that, you know, when when a black person dies, that's always kind of part of the calculation to me anyways. Um, so and then the second thing is the 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 confusion was real. The third thing is, even though he's not a Muslim kid, right? There is like even this defense that this lawyer is making, he is talking about how he's a good Christian. So again, yeah. there's a religious aspect tied to it. There's a religious aspect. There's a religion versus homosexuality aspect tied to it. Just because it's not the Muslim religion doesn't make it any less sadder. Yes. It's yeah. still it's still very, very sad. It is important for us to have that clarification because, you know, as Muslims, of course, you feel worse if you hear it's a Muslim kid doing it in the name of Islam, right? Not that this causes, not that gives, not that this gives you any relief from that, but it does feel different. Yeah. What I hope doesn't happen is that, you know, that people look at the situation and use it as a way to like be more anti-LGBT or be more homophobic mm -hmm. because part of the issue between the Muslim community versus homophobia or versus LGBTQ, like that narrative is that there's a distrust of the homosexual um, community, right? Like there is, you don't believe that, I mean, I think at the core of it, you don't believe that a gay person is genuinely gay, which is crazy to me. Yeah, yeah. And so- that's what you like. You hope that, you know, that there's maybe some sort of like learning opportunity through here that, OK, it's not a Muslim kid. But we remember what it was like when it felt that it was a Muslim kid. Right. Yeah. So like, let's maybe we use that to like learn and, you know, maybe come together a little bit. Yeah. Ultimately, the biggest tragedy here is a, a man is dead. Yeah. And he's dead because he was gay. Like yeah. that is that is irrefutable. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So. That's what matters. Yeah. Um, do you have any other topics you want to talk about today? The U.S. women's uh, soccer team lost. Do you, do you see this? They lost in the World Cup? I heard. Not great. Now, yeah, no. So they lost because they were, like, their coach fucked up. Like, the team underperformed, right? But, like, all of these hardcore pro-America MAGA people we're cheering the fact that the U.S. team lost. 
And they were cheering because like Megan Rapino missed a penalty kick, which is yeah. huge. And people still hate Megan Rapino, right? So again, I don't understand how that patriotism works. Like, why are you rooting against Team USA? Well, because they feel like Team USA doesn't actually represent USA. It's like the woke agenda. These no. lesbians. Well, whatever whatever their personal beliefs, they are there because they are better than everybody else at soccer. You know what I mean? That's all that should matter to you. As an American, you should be like, wow, these American women are amazing at soccer. Like, that's all, like what else is there to take pride in? Right. Like, why are you rooting for for the American team if it's not just for the fact that they're American? Yeah. But I think you also saw that when like people's football players, favorite football players were taking a knee instead of standing up for the anthem. Right. So it's like suddenly it's like we don't really care about our team anymore. Suddenly it's that, you know, America before everything Um, or like patriotism, my type of patriotism over everything my ideas of what it means to be a patriot which is stupid Mm -hmm. yep Mm. so that's a bummer that's a bummer um all right well i wanted to touch on the lady who accidentally ran the 100 meter um (laughs) from somalia (laughs) ran the 100 meter um dash or whatever that was race She thought she was signing up for a 10 meters, which I found out is about 32 feet. I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means. But there's a a dash across the kitchen. That's literally like me running to the bathroom. (laughs) Like, that's it. (laughs) I wanted to touch on her, but instead I'll just put a link of her jogging to the end. Doing that little hop she does. The hop. Yeah, the hop is what. in In the description of this episode. Because. It was one of my favorite things to happen after uh, before the Montgomery fight, <laughs> mo- before the Montgomery Alabama fight, the video of that lady making it to the end. <laughs> First of all, a hijabi queen <laughs> making it to the end and doing her little hop at the end like, oof, really <laughs> took me out. That was my favorite video. So I will be back later this week to talk about all things Housewives and, uh, uh, and that's it. Bye.